As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If you don't set the expectations from the moment that relationship starts, it's hard to then backtrack and go in and say, okay, these are now the rules and this is how we want things done. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, I hope you're having a best ever weekend. Hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and this is Saturday. So we're going to do a special segment that we call Situation Saturday, where we put our guests into a sticky situation or we let them relive a sticky situation or in this case, she's currently living it. And she's going to walk us through how she's handling it and where she's at so that If you were to come across this similar situation, you know exactly how to handle it as well based on learning from today's best ever guest experience. How are you doing, Bree Smith? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, if you recognize Bree's name and or voice, well, that's because you're a loyal best ever listener. So high five, air high five to you. Uh, She was on episode 48 titled, but it's so shiny. Nope. Stick to your criteria. And if you want to hear her best ever advice, then go to episode number 48 
and listen to that. But today we're going to get into Situation Saturday and the story about what she's going through right now. So Bree, can you give the best ever listeners just a, a recap of your background and then you can get right into your current situation? My husband and I started investing in August 2011, so about four and a half years ago. Um, we started with you know a house hack. We bought an FHA, you know, owner-occupied three-unit property, um, and continued to save our money and purchase properties locally in the Chicago area. And then about two years ago, we decided to look at other markets outside our own that were more cash flow focused, as Chicago, at least the north side where we invest, is is pretty balanced with appreciation and moderate cash flow. And we focused on the city of Milwaukee. So in the past about 18 months, we've purchased 72 units in the Milwaukee area, which is technically out of state. It's about a 90-minute drive one way. And the situation that we got into is we unfortunately had to fire our property manager about three months ago. He'd been with us since the beginning. We were spoiled and lucky in a lot of ways because we started with an in-house property manager which led you know, me to be able to have the control over processes and systems. But it also led me to have to be a lot more involved with the, the processes, um, you know, checking up on things, running the reports where I shouldn't have had to do that. So we left our property manager in November of 2015 and then split our portfolio in the middle of winter, which is like the worst time to deal with turnover and vacancies in a cold weather state. And now we're about three months into with the new property managers. Well, what happened where (laughs) you were wanting to cut bait and run in the middle of Milwaukee winter? It was a really hard decision. Um, A couple of things happened. Of the 72 units that we own in Milwaukee, the first 51 are owned by my husband and I. We started working with partners in September and we acquired 21 units with partners in September of 2015. So that was a really pivotal point in our um, relationship with our property manager because it's no longer just my money that's getting messed up with. It's other people's money that I am personally responsible for. So that kind of led to an audit. You know, I did an audit of our accounts. Um, You know, I heard a story of a, a friend that had a really bad situation with his property manager. I just started thinking like, what, what, what happened? Like, you know, I don't necessarily know every little thing that's going on. So I did an audit of our accounts and found that like of our personal properties, we had 20 tenants, not on leases, like nothing, just completely verbal leases. And that was a huge problem for me. And there was a couple of other, you know, things with, um, I was responsible for doing all the accounting and the reports. And it's very much like, you know, the person that doesn't, that their spouse handles their finances. You know, they go to the store and they all swipe their debit card. It's like five bucks here for coffee, you know, 20 bucks here for lunch. You're not really paying attention to how much that adds up because you're not the one doing the reporting, you know, or accounting. Mm-hmm. And that was the another big problem was that our expenses were getting so high because he wasn't paying attention to the the actual cost of everything. So our expenses were too high for us and the leases weren't signed. So we gave him an opportunity to correct both of those problems. He asked for 30 days to fix them. At the end of the 30 days, he asked for another two weeks, which we gave him. And then at the end of that two weeks, not a single thing was changed. (laughs) So unfortunately, we had to make a decision of, you know, do we ride this out for winter? Do we, you know, hope that things get better, even though there's been no signs of improvement? Or do we make the switch in the middle of winter, 
you know, deal with the inevitable turnover that we're going to have and make a a gut decision and, and do the move. And that's what we decided to do. 20 tenants, not on leases. Yes. There were verbal leases. What What's the explanation? A lot of the problem was that we just acquired so many properties so quickly. You know, we did 72 units in 18 months. But the the back end, the last nine months, we acquired 47 units in nine months. And so he was just so busy handling things and running around and doing stuff that he just never had them sign the leases when he did the move-ins. And now at that point it had been, you know, we had tenants for six months that had never signed a lease. Mm -hmm. So he had then go back and ask them to re-sign it and people didn't want to sign it. They wanted to keep things the way they were. (laughs) And, you know, if you don't set the expectations from the moment that relationship starts, it's hard to then backtrack and go in and say, okay, these are now the rules and this is how we want things done. Well, I know when I lived in New York, if someone lives in an apartment or a house, a rental for more than I think 30 days, they have rights to that property and then it takes six months to evict them. Now that's New York, but are there any things like that in Milwaukee? No, thank God. But it just it just creates an unnecessary liability. Um, you know, if we ever go to do an eviction, there's nothing in writing. We can't charge late fees because there's nothing in writing. There's a bunch of stuff that was, you know, again, we didn't know. I just assumed that he was doing it. And luckily we got it corrected. There was maybe one or two tenants that didn't want to sign that just moved out. And now we've got everyone on leases. But it was, it was a, you know, he opened me up for that liability without me even knowing about it. And if I hadn't checked, we probably would have never known. All of the the tenants went quietly and you didn't have to pay them or anything? They didn't threaten to squat or anything like that? No. Mm-mm. So I think there was um, one tenant that just said they didn't want to sign a lease and they were planning on moving anyways. So that wasn't a big deal. And the other one was really hesitant about signing the lease. I think we did eventually get them to sign the lease. But we, you know, they had to read it and show I'm like, listen, nothing's changing. It's just in writing. Like everything that we discussed verbally, you know, this protects you also as a tenant because this now there's rules with, you know, if you make a repair request, we have to fix it within a certain amount of days. So once we kind of explained why they were fine with it, we had absolutely no idea. And it wasn't something that we could move forward with, with that property manager. Was this property manager, you keep saying he, was it he. just, yeah, was it just a one person show, one man show? Yes, um, kind of. I mean, he has uh, obviously had a team of, of contractors in place, but we had a really interesting relationship. He was the seller of the first property we bought and we really liked how he dealt with his tenants. Actually, the first set of properties we bought were either his or his, his in-laws. They're investors in the area. They've been investing in the area for 50 years. So they already had a network of contractors. It was one of those things where we really liked him. He was He's excellent with the tenants. Our vacancies were ridiculously low. I mean, I think all of 2015, our longest vacancy was two weeks. Almost everything was rented out back to back. He was great with the with the contractors. It was just that we went so fast and there was really no foundation of like admin paperwork, back office stuff in place that by the time we were full blown at 72 units, it was so hard to go back and and redo all that stuff. So it turns out now he works for one of the property managers that we hired. 
So we do still work with him. Um, you know, total, total weird turn of events. He's really, really good at about 50% of the business. And it was just the other 50%, which is the office back end, you know, accounting stuff that he wasn't. So now he gets to do what he's good at and doesn't have to do what he's not good at. Did you recommend that he join their team or is that just no, a coincidence? Just a coincidence. Also understand that, you know, we, he and I worked together very closely for almost a year and a half. We were friends as well as um, business partners, or that's how at least I saw things. He wasn't just my employee and we were pretty close. So it was very difficult for me to have to make this decision and to let him go. But what we had done was we terminated our contract based on non-performance, which gives me the option to terminate the contract immediately and not have to give any sort of notice. And we purposely did it at the end of the month. But what we also did was offered to keep him on for an additional month and pay him a flat fee for him to help transition over the properties. Luckily, you know, he he was very great about it. He met with both of the new property managers, um, went with them to every unit, spoke with all the tenants, made sure that they had his information. Even to this day, if one of our old tenants reaches out to him, he still calls me or gives me the information or relays the message to me. So he, through that process of transitioning everything over, one of the property management companies was like, man, he's fantastic. I'm like, he is. He's fantastic with our tenants. Like, it kills me to have to leave him. They knew what was going on and, and why we were doing what we were doing. And so they asked me, like, would you be okay if we hired him on? And he handled our lease ups and like all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, I think that would be a great situation because that's what he's good at. Why did you wait until the end of the month? You said you made, intentionally waited till the end versus say like the middle after most of the rents are paid and you can transition. We didn't, if, if things went badly and he decided to not continue to trans, like at least work with us for another month and transition, we wanted to have letters already ready to go. Um, letters were actually already sent out to the new tenants and the people were already prepped and in place so that it was a very quick, seamless turn if things didn't go well. So most of our tenants don't pay by the first of the month. We get rents throughout the entire month. And it was just a decision of, you know, we needed to do it quick, rip the bandaid off. And it seemed that the end of the month was the perfect time because they were pretty much all paid at that point and prepping for their next payments. Where do you go from here? <laughs> it's a, very hard for me personally, having been the one that was so involved with everything, to step back and let other people handle it. So getting, you know, just a once a month report kills me inside because I'm so used to doing our accounting every week. And so, you, you know, it's, been, it's a personal issue. It's a personal problem that I have. That's been very hard for me as well as, you know, trying not to micromanage in letting them do what they are good at and what they're hired to do with little involvement. Um, I still go up monthly and meet with that, with each property manager to handle it. And we've been, you know, waiting now. It's been, this is now our, almost our fourth full month doing it with them. We are finally at a position where I think we're comfortable growing and acquiring more. So that's kind of the next phase is I'll be going up, looking at some more properties to acquire now that we're comfortable with how they've handled things and that they could handle more properties. How did you find the property management company that you replaced him with? I interviewed five different property management companies, narrowed it down to three. One of them I found on Google, but I had actually talked with them about two years ago 
And interestingly enough, the owner of the company knows me from BP and is a um, bigger pockets member. So I didn't know that I knew him from online. I just knew the company name. I saw that they had good reviews. They were reviewed on Yelp and their website had great reviews. So I thought it was at least worth an interview. The other one that we chose to hire came through a referral of two different investors I know in the area um, that have been happy with their performance. It's been interesting because I, our portfolio is essentially split into two. So each property manager has the same amount of units. Each property manager has the same um, amount of gross rents that they collect. And so it's been interesting to kind of compare them both side by side and how they handle everything. So one property management company started off the bat great. You know, everything was fantastic. Our rent collection didn't skip a beat. We had no tenants turnover. And then after about two months, they hit a rough patch with our tenants that had been, you know, sort of problems before they took over versus the other property manager hit the problems from like day one. And we had, I think, five or six tenants turnover in the first 60 days. And now they've kind of turned things around and are performing. So it's been interesting to kind of watch both of them hit rough patches, which we knew was pretty much inevitable at different phases, though. And then how quickly it took them to rebound and get things up and running again. Mm. Yeah, I haven't heard of hiring two different property management companies before. That's interesting. Um, it came through a, a friend of mine is a, um, an investor from Israel, actually. He invests here in Chicago and Las Vegas, as well as a couple other areas. And he comes to Chicago every six months and we always have dinner. And we were talking about he has, oh, God, maybe 100 units in the Vegas area. And he's got two property managers. He strongly suggested to me that if we were going to make a move, we should do two. That way, if anything ever goes bad with one, they're only going to screw up half the portfolio. And B, we also have someone else that we have a relationship with to go to if something ever does happen. Additionally, they know about each other. So they know that at any point, if they screw up, we have other options in place and that we're comparing them both with you know how they manage things, how they fill their vacancies, how much their repairs cost. We've got data and experiences to be able to do it in real time side by side and compare the cost of everything. Do they use the same programs from a management standpoint? No, I wish they did, though. <laughs> what do they um, use? <laughs> one uses Buildium, which we had used Buildium, so that was a pretty easy transition. And the other one uses Propertyware, which I'm not a personal fan of. The reports are, they just come in like a single PDF. I can't run my own reports. It's somewhat confusing to read them. But I think the biggest, you know, adaptation for me has been having to let go of yeah. being able to control everything <laughs> and and you have to go with what they do. You know, they have their own systems and processes in place for a reason that you really have to to just go with. You can't make changes. You can't dictate how you want things done. It's learning how to adapt to what they do. Is there anything else that, as it relates to firing property management whenever you need to fire them and hire not one, but two property management companies to... It's funny. I, I, I bet that one, uh, the guy who got fired is like, well, yeah, now you need two different property management companies to do this. No one, now you see why I was doing you know, all about behind on this because you hired two companies to do a job of what I was doing by myself. Oh, totally. Again, part of that was our fault. We grew so fast um, and we had so much going on that there was just the foundation of, of processes wasn't in place from day one. And that's a lot for one person. Again, even though he had, you know, workers and a very, very reliable staff, 
um, that's still, it's a lot for one person to do. So we don't blame him at all. And I'm very happy that he found a, a position that is still working with us, A, and B, that, that really focuses on his talents. Well, thank you so much. And I, I'll finish my original question. Is there anything as it relates to this topic that you want to mention to the best ever listeners? Um, it's hard when you're so personally involved with someone to fire them. That was very difficult. But you also have to re- look at the step away from everything if you are that close to things and look at the overall business and what is best for the business, even if the decision that you have to make is going to be a tough one. And then from there, really, you have to go through your gut instinct. You know, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I had over this situation. And the day that I decided that we were going to do this, that he was going to have to be let go and that we were going to move on was the first night I slept through the night in probably a month. Um, and that to me was just a an indicator that I did make the right decision and what we were doing was was best. Well, Bree, thank you so much for being on the show again and talking through this certainly sticky situation of not having the right property management system and, and team in place and then making the switch, ripping the Band-Aid off and then uh, putting the right teams in place. Really appreciate you spending time with us. Hope you have a best ever Saturday and weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you. Are you looking for a fast start to real estate investing? And do you want to learn how to get that fast start for free? Then you're in luck because a previous best ever guest, Teresa Bradley Banta, her episode was number 68. If you want to go listen to that, she's got a program she just launched called Fast Start to Real Estate Investing. All you got to do is go to the website and uh, get started. It's 10 videos, bonus resources, 30-minute call with Teresa, um, all for free. Go to her website, which is TeresaBradleyBanta.com. That's spelled T-H-E-R-E-S-A-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-B-A-N-T-A.com. And then click the tab on the far upper right-hand corner titled Fast Start Program.